the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty. You released the bill on a weekend. It's $118 billion of bull dump. We have a preview. Here it is. We're going to read you the bill. You put your right foot in. You put your right foot out. You put your right foot in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. It's a money laundering scheme. $118 billion of kickbacks to that fraud, that fraud country. Former Soviet Union, Ukraine. Israel doesn't need our money. They're kicking the Sharia law-loving Hamas's ass. So much so, baristas are begging for a ceasefire. In the meantime, Chuck Schumer understands how important this is. Because he wants 30% back in his coffers, don't you, Chuck? You need new hairdo. The bill that you passed didn't get a single Democratic vote in the House or the Senate. How are you going to get anything done? Or do you just want to make a speech as you admittedly say the border is, you say the border's in chaos, do something about it. Don't just politically posture. Then we throw every rat Democrat out of every position in this country. Every position. Because you've been lying through your teeth. Not just the fact that the Dimwood and Diapers never won the election in 2020. It's a coup d'etat staged in this country with the help of the undercurrent of scum. You know, your party. In the meantime, what is really going on? Let's see the interview that I stumbled upon over the weekend. With some rat bastard calling himself a Sicario. He should be digging a trench. How many people have you killed? 150. Now you can't understand because they're talking in that third world I can't find deodorant language. In the meantime, this son of a dog killed 150 people. And you know where they did the interview? In California. Yeah, they did. You know why? Because we've got at least 13 million. That came here since Joe Biden stole the most important office. And the whole time it's been going on, these rat Democrats have been doing what they do best, lying. The border is closed. The border is secure. And the border is secure. Uh, the border is closed. And the border is secure. And the border is not open. We have a secure border. I can tell you the, it, the border is secure. By what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common definition. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. Uh, we're certainly uh, doing a lot more to secure the border. As you know, the president has. Now, how yeah. did it happen? Because the Chinese Communist Party and enemies foreign and domestic in this country own this crooked rat. They own him, and they own very specific Democrats, all in very important positions. And 
they're giving videos on exactly how to get in here. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step instructions for hiring smugglers. I wonder, is anybody going to sue this rat communist country that kills and imprisons its own people? Or are we going to get the baristas out on the streets to free the Chinese Communist Party the way they're freeing the Sharia law murderers called Hamas? Detailed directions to that hole we visited. We were struck by just how orderly and routine it all seemed. The migrants walked about a half mile down a dirt road and waited in line for U.S. Border Patrol to arrive so they could surrender. You see, we don't need a bill. We just have to reverse everything this whore, this traitor to his country, this fraud with dementia, everything he did on the first day. But for some reason, that gets lost in the argument. Do you not remember what he did on the first day? And every single thing this idiot's ever signed needs to be pulled out by its root. We don't need to spend another nickel. Just hours into the presidency and already at work, Joe Biden spent part of Wednesday afternoon at the White House signing a series of executive orders aimed at undoing part of Donald Trump's legacy. The first order of business was to make mask wearing mandatory in federal buildings and on federal land in an attempt to slow the spread of coronavirus. And the first order I'm going to be signing here is relates to uh, um, COVID and uh, it's requiring, as I said all along, um, where I have authority, mandating masks be worn and social distancing be kept on federal property. Another order Biden signed the return of the United States in the Paris Climate Agreement, an accord Trump had decided to leave last year. Just like we need to be a unified nation in response to COVID-19, we need a unified national response to climate change. We need to meet the moment with the urgency it demands. Biden has promised to put the country on a track to net zero emissions by 2050 in line with most developed nations. Immigration will also be at the center of the new president's policy shift. Biden signed an executive order to halt the construction of the U.S.-Mexico border wall and a memo directing the Department of Homeland Security to preserve the DACA program, which protects migrants who came to the country as children. And our community is here with the hope to see change and to share the hope. And By the way, in this bill, Squirrel, the small portion that is for the southern border goes to what's called NGOs. You know, like the IRC that we just know in investigation has been integral in the Underground Railroad of illegal immigrants for the last eight years. So you want to fix this, you don't have to spend money. But then again, these political whores can't get their kickback. You just have to undo everything this moron ever did. And Ann Coulter, the scarecrow, Howard Stern in drag. She wrote a book on immigration, yet she doesn't talk about that. This is like the other problem we have. The scum, never Trumper rat bastards who would rather Joe Biden be in office than Donald Trump because they don't want to revisit the eyes of an outsider. You see, that's what this government needs. The eyes of an outsider, because these bills are meant to be money laundering schemes. And every single one of them needs to be ripped out. And it's not going to come from the Republicans. Not at all. That's what it's all about. Left foot. You put your left foot in. You put your left foot so on. You put your left foot in. And you take it all about. You're going to be able to say God, 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 God,
that uh, you help this generation help save democracy. Hey, you stupid son of a dog. It's a republic. Your corrupt Democrat sewer areas where you destroy the qualities and the once great cities. You're not supposed to be able to infiltrate and nullify federal law. But that's what you did. And the whole time you lying rats did it, up until about a week ago, you were telling everybody what a great job you were doing. He's done everything that he can. He's done that alone uh, without the help of Republicans. Why aren't you guys stopping the flow at the border? We are stopping the flow at the border. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. And in the meantime, what about the tramp, the office tramp? The easiest lunch date in all of Washington. Here's the thing on this issue. We all know that our immigration system is broken. It has been for a long time. Yeah, three years. And what did you do in Guatemala, Trampola? Well, it's the first trip, and um, I'll be meeting uh, at the front leg of the trip with the president of Guatemala, Giamate, and... We have a lot to discuss. Uh, It is about what we need to do and can do together to both support the folks who need help in terms of hunger, the economic development piece, the extreme weather. Oh, you're always feeding the hungry, the virtuous communism. You blew $115 billion. You didn't know what I was going to say there, huh, Squirrel? You were a little nervous when I started off that way, didn't you? That's all right. I can keep us uh, our license afloat for now, today. Now to Vice President Kamala Harris's first international trip since taking office, going to Latin America on a major mission to reduce the flow of migrants to the U.S. border. Well, since you went there, hey, Trampola, since you went there, we know of 13 million people. So can we agree you suck at doing anything? Chief White House correspondent Cecilia Vega has the latest for us. Good morning, Cecilia. Hi, Robin. Good morning to you. Uh, Yeah, the president himself tasked the vice president with this mission to try to tackle one of the most vexing problems facing this country. Oh, it's vexing, squirrel. In fact, write that down. That's the word of the day. This is a vexing problem. It's not a vexing problem, you moron. It's a government-created problem. And it's simple. Undo everything these idiots did. That situation at the southern border. So today, the vice president will meet with the president of Guatemala. You could see her there landing last night. Tomorrow, she will meet with the... What they do? They play naked twister? What they do in the meeting? President of Mexico. We've been talking for so many months now about these numbers at the border. They are approaching potentially record levels uh, on, pa- on, on pace to match levels we haven't seen in decades right now. But this trip, it's not so much about what's happening at the border right now as it is about addressing root causes for the reasons that people are leaving their ho- home countries. We're expecting announcements uh, potentially on a side. Root causes of why they're leaving their home country? Because you paid them to leave. What'd you do with the $1.5 billion? Can anybody account for one red cent of it? And did she ever come back with the same amount of underwear she left with? You want it? You want it? No more money for you. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. In the meantime, we have a retort. Finally. Took two weeks, squirrel. But we finally have a retort from Chicagoans. Talking to some of this country. Lazy is crossing the border, begging for money. Lazy is sitting up here acting like you're an asylum seeker, 
when the only thing you're doing is running to another country, standing on the plight of black people, using our laws, using our plight, using our issues to get ahead. That's amazing. So it's a welfare war. That's what you have going on here. But this woman is right, because this woman at least has a legacy of contributing something, paying taxes somewhere. In the meantime, the money's not going for her. She's rightfully outraged. Rightfully outraged. And who is responsible? Do you think they can put two and two together? It's very simple. The same people who have been lying to you for a hundred years. Removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system. We have done a lot of work here to fix this system. I think the message um, uh, uh, is, in fact, not to come uh, to the border. I don't think the more than 1.5 million people who have been removed or expelled from the border would consider the border open. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated, they're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah. Like we actually no. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what ha- what is happening. But that's not. It's not like somebody walks over and. <laughs> and the not- dimwit in diapers, the traitor, the asset of the Chinese Communist Party, former Soviet Union oligarchs, won handily in South Carolina. And there's a real reason why he won in South Carolina, because the welfare roaches would vote for a hammer, a stinky Paul Pelosi hammer, if it gave him more money. Those in need of rent or utility assistance, listen up. More than $270 million have been approved to launch a new program to help pay back up to a year of missed payments from as early as last March when the pandemic began. Congress in December passed um, funding for people facing emergency um, need as far as their rental and utility payments go. And South Carolina housing has been named uh, by the General Assembly to be responsible for distributing those funds Uh, Mere coincidence. Jim Clyburn delivering Joe Biden the presidency. That just resulted in $300 million to South Carolina, his district, as a mere coincidence. The whole frickin' government's a money laundering scheme. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Right to your face, they lie. You don't need one penny for anything. But then again, how else could we get the $34.2 trillion? Corey Woodlawn. Corey? Hello. Hello. Hey, this is Corey Howard. How are you, buddy? You're on. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Well, I was listening to uh, Dan Proff this morning, and this opportunist from the south side opened up all of his buildings that he had on the south side of Chicago that wasn't occupied with a tenant. And he said, there's, this is stuff, and then there's these opportunists that they normally rig the system for that's out here taking advantage of this situation. And you're the only one, one of the only ones locally that's talking about these concerns. I did not hear the show, but I know the story you're talking about. And it's funny, as this story was going on, regardless of the intention of the landlord, I don't know what it is, and I don't, you know, whatever. Do you know how unjust that is to the people, how I used to be when my mother and I were struggling to make rent up until that fracking day? Up until that fracking day, I'm going out shoveling snow to pay the rent. And now all of a sudden, you just give it away to somebody who just got here? 
What a finger yeah. in the face of your other tenants. That's something that gets lost in this virtuous argument of altruism. It's a disgrace, Corey. And they can't put two and two together. All these countries that push this nonsense are all totalitarian despots. Go ahead. And I know we don't talk a lot about it, but I own like 27 units in Chicago. And I've been a landlord since I was 23. And that's almost 30 years. One of the biggest problems is with a landlord is you have to screen tenants. You have to check uh, references. And you also have to pick up rent uh, uh, on the 1st to the 15th of the month. That's a lot of legwork for landlords to do. And here you got this guy. Most of these landlords in these poor communities, they'd rather get paid by Section 8. But what they do to the average median income in those neighborhoods by flooding these neighborhoods with individuals that don't work or work very little, they're, they're – they're, they're terraforming these communities to stay in the conditions that they are. And I make sure I don't just start lacing my community with individuals, I mean, my properties, with individuals that can't afford to pay because they're doing a disservice to the neighborhood itself. Exactly. And why can't they learn from this? And you know, Corey, why I don't, I don't, I will never practice real estate. I gave up my license in Illinois. But it was in 2011 when the government said to landlords, really across the nation, but it was specifically in Illinois and, and, and states like that. You cannot deny Section 8 housing. And every landlord will tell you, if he's honest, exactly what happens when someone doesn't pay for the rent. You destroy the quality of life for the people that do. Because people who don't pay for rent do not respect it. Period. It's the end of the story. And we got to keep sticking the fork in the light socket, hoping that we hit this virtuous altruism where we could all live in some sort of paradise like the Muslims that are telling their kids to blow each other up. It's insanity to me. It's insanity. And they won't listen to guys like you who've been doing it for 30 years. You're the expert, not LaShawn Ford or some other political whore. Thank you very much. You can, you can either do it the right way or you can do it the government way. How's the government way turn out? Well, let's take a look, Squirrel. I'd like to update you. By the second, $34 trillion, $205 billion, $996 million, and counting $1.2 billion an hour. In the meantime, the economy's doing good, isn't it? Here's your closing bell. The Dow soaring almost 135 points. Woo! The S&P 500 added 52 points. And the Nasdaq gained 267 points. These gains on Wall Street were capped by stronger-than-expected U.S. jobs numbers for January. Hiring accelerated, but layoffs in the private sector surged. Here's Edward Lawrence with a break. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hiring's accelerated, but layoffs in the private sector Failed? Well, then that means that the private companies are getting smaller. And the only way we're, we're funding this Ponzi scheme of an economy is because the government is getting bigger. Is that what you're telling me? I think it is. And it does explain why Joe Biden was in Las Vegas. What is he touting? He's canceling student debt, even though it's unconstitutional. Oh, you're getting notices right now. You're going to get notices to this you can't hear because he's in a room and, and the media didn't want to promote this. So this is somebody's recording because the media wants to keep out the fact you have a corrupt dimwit in diapers who's destroying the principles of your country because he's promoting inner communism as long as you vote Democrat. And here's something I found funny. Who the frack needs high speed rail to Vegas from California? Las Vegas to Los Angeles in two hours by train instead of four hours by car. 
Get your bust-out, degenerate gambling ass on a Greyhound. $3 billion. And the idiots cheer. Why? Because all the idiots get a piece of it. He's the, he's the Pied Piper of the welfare roach. And that's what they're banking on. Uh, Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Go ahead. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out which it is. These uh, people that we uh, usually think they're going to do a little bit better for us, like uh, conservatives or Republicans or whatever, but hey, it, whatever it is, they let us down. They take in their, they're, either, they're either on the take with the red Chinese, like the Biden family, or they're under the, you know, the forced behavior intimidators, FBI, forced behavior intimidators. They're up to their tricks again, and they're basically getting these people to take and do whatever the fascists want, because the fascists have the FBI, and we don't. Well, it's certainly not going to be the Republicans. Here's an Illinois Republican who I guess is the head of the, the party in Illinois talking to Juneteenth, also known as Paul Isnick. Top of mind for leaders in both parties, how to care for the tens of thousands of asylum seekers who have arrived in Chicago and surrounding suburbs over the last year or more. The state has committed nearly $640 million to the crime. See now, Juneteenth, also known as Paul Isnick. That's a lie right there, you fraud. And the way he phrases the question... Migrants seeking asylum. They're not migrants seeking asylum. They're illegal aliens seeking welfare and handouts. And morons like you are giving it to them at the cost of actual Chicagoans. But you're a Chicago political reporter commentator. And you're the reason we're in this pickle. Fraud. Now get back to the Forest Preserve. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. Now, Illinois is the easiest place to have the argument of gangster government. But you like it that way, right? Wasn't it Betty Lauren Maltese that after she was indicted, she got 85% of the vote? So the morons that are Democrats in Illinois, they like it. They think they're in on it because you got a pension. You know, a friend of mine passed away today. I, well, I don't know if it was today. I saw it in the obituary today. I got it sent to me by a friend of mine. And I used to argue with him. And I liked him. I did like him. And he was a law enforcement guy. And he talked like me and you 364 days of the year. But on that election day, he did what the, all the Democrats do. They vote for the mafia. And he thought he was in on it. And maybe he was. Worked his ass off and retired. I think he was in his late 50s. I think he made eight years. And then he died. And all I kept thinking about is you sold out your principles, the principles of this nation, the principles of why your father and mother came here from another country, which they did in his case. And you did that for a fracking pension? And now look at you. Now you're pushing up daisies. And how does it end for the rest of Illinois? Well, it ends where you're pretending Paul Lisnick has any credibility as he phrases and misphrases and gives misinformation in the phrasing of his very question. And now we have Republicans. I don't know if this guy's a good guy or a bad guy. He's got to be better than the last morons. Of course, I don't know if his brothers are lobbyists yet. What's his name, Honey Bunny? John Curran? He's the head of the Illinois Republican Party. Here we go. Top of mind for leaders in both parties, how to care for the tens of thousands of asylum seekers who have arrived in Chicago and surrounding suburbs over the last... I can't get past that, Squirrel. Because the top of mind for my republic... It's not how to care for illegal aliens, you moron, you Boris Karloff-looking freak. The reason is how we keep the money and accountable, number one, and number two, in the hands of Americans. 
But that, that's not how it works in a communist state. Last year or more, the state has committed nearly $640 million to the crisis so far. 2.2 billion. I talked with state senator and GOP Liar. leader John Curran about that and what else to expect when lawmakers head back to Springfield this week. Senator, good to see you. Thank you. Oh, very nice to be with you. So you wrote uh, in the Tribune an op-ed this past week that some crises are unexpected, but then you called Governor Pritzker's migrant crisis an invited one. Now, Pritzker has called Illinois a welcoming state. Legally, the distinction really, I think, is about giving certain protections to undocumented immigrants. Is it your view that the governor extended an invitation to Texas? First of all, you idiot who has been covering Illinois politics since you were a young idiot. First of all, it is the system since Harold Washington, the prettiest mayor we ever had in lingerie, declared Chicago a sanctuary city. And then, ironically enough, it was signed as a sanctuary state by seven foot of stupid. Never trust a billionaire married to an ugly woman, squirrel. You write that down. As Bruce Rauner signed the law that made Illinois a sanctuary state. And what Fatso... Trust fund, baby, you couldn't do a push-up if I offered to double his inheritance. What that slob of a human being did was advertise free welfare, Section 8 housing, free health care, and come and kill your kids, all for free on the, on the back of the Illinois taxpayer. The governor has extended an invitation to the migrants, and this started six years ago when he first took office. If you go back to when uh, President Trump's first term, Governor Prisker decided. See, now right away, I got a problem with him. I got a problem with him because he's, li- he's, either, he's either wrong or he's lying. Bruce Rauner, as the governor, signed the sanctuary state. And you should declare yourself as a so-called Republican, somebody who would never do that. But once again, you got to navigate, go along to get along. He might want one of those uh, video poker rooms or pot dispensaries in the future. He wanted to take on the secretary of state at the time. This was the message he started pushing out. and He's been pushing it ever since. And he's been passing policies of this welcoming, uh, rolling out the welcome mat throughout his six years in office. And that you will, that's where we're at right now. So let me say this, Mr. Leader, to be fair, the thousands who make their way here are being sent by Governor Abbott of Texas. Um, Pritzker has asked him to stop it. He doesn't seem to be responsive. Have you had any conversations, any counterparts in the world of Texas to try and address this? No, Paul, I, I'm focused on Illinois. Um, you know, I would note that we're getting migrants. First of all, that's another thing. Talk like a man if you're going to talk about this fracking issue. Have some information. It's not Abbott single-handedly. What about the NGOs that in this bill we're going to get billions of dollars who have been under who have been running an underground railroad for illegal aliens for at least a decade? You know, right away, you take the premise of a Democrat propagandist. You see, John, you're off to a terrible start. From New York, we're getting migrants from, you know, many states. But we are an outlier in the Midwest, and that is why they are coming here. It's because our policies are a true outlier, and that's where we need to begin on this and start rolling I wonder why he didn't mention that Illinois just made it the second highest business taxes. Second highest in the country. That you couldn't draw up a schematic of how, destro- how to destroy personal wealth and business prosperity in a state if you consulted with Karl Marx and his boyfriend, Ingalls. You couldn't possibly come up with a better schematic than what the Illinois Chicago Democrats have been doing to that state since Mike Madigan 
was unknown as a two-bit gangster. So as you know, the governor said he's willing to help build out in the city of Chicago. He's waiting for the mayor to pick a site to do that. So aside from closing the border and getting federal funding, which certainly would help in all of the situations, I'm curious, are there any helpful solutions you're hearing or you're presenting uh, as Republican leader in the Senate to help resolve some of this? All the same, the, the, the welcoming policies of the uh, Governor Pritzker and his colleagues in the uh, Democratic majorities have passed over these years. We voted against them. The health care uh, for non-citizens. Uh, health- well, I, I, you can't even listen to him. Do does he have the, an understanding of the gravity of these issues? That he should be beating the drum of how Illinois has just raised a flat corporate tax to 9% on top of all the other taxes. And what do they do with the money? They give it to illegal aliens. They pay for their health care, their housing, their food. And you are continuing to destroy the prosperity of Illinois people and Illinois businesses as they flee the state. But you're not going to talk about that. Why, John? Because you want to be the lesser of two evils? These Republicans are done. I'm sick of the Republican Party. And I think it's too late to even pull their head out of their ass. Although, listening to John Curran, we're at least a decade away. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. Guys. AM560, The Answer. These Illinois Republicans should be thankful we're not like the Japanese. They have a sense of dignity and honor. They'd also know Harry Carey was not just a great baseball commentator. Really, I'm so sick of these idiots. Here we go. Let's figure out the cure. Care that is cheaper than what most Illinoisans pay for health care themselves. Those types of programs that we have consistently opposed, the start to this, what we should be doing is rolling those back. Well, then why are you in the super minority? Maybe because you can't articulate the argument in a fashion that people understand. Maybe if the people understood that the way the system is set up is a money laundering scheme, where the government pays extremely high costs and the people they give the money to kick back campaign contributions, and you want it to end. But instead, you've gotten us to a place that's implementing socialist communist ideas the marketing campaign has begun chicago's real estate industry plans to pull out all the stops to fight mayor brandon johnson's bring chicago home resolution a plan to raise real estate transfer taxes on high-income properties to generate millions for the city's homeless population which is why it isn't about the homeless population it's about funding the misappropriation of funds chicago calls a budget which is why i want to tell my friend Corey in woodlawn Sell everything, Mortimer. Sell everything. Because the government is destroying the principles of being a landlord. The government has taken away your property rights on every level. And you, the guy who did everything right, who busts his ass every day, you're the bad guy. And now the virtuous are the illegal aliens. Just ask John Curran. He just wishes he could explain it better. So, yes, on a federal level, we need real immigration reform. That is where there's a real solution, but Illinois... Man, you should run for Congress. Because you obviously don't understand. We don't need any of that. We just need enforcement of the laws that have been on the books since Bill Clinton was molesting interns. And in the meantime, not a Republican or Democrat wants to focus on what the Democrats used to believe in the 90s. All Americans, 
not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. Here's what you do. Let me help the idiots. Let me help the idiot Illinois Republicans. Print that speech up. Print it up. Bring it with you when you go on these stupid interviews and read it. And then when you're done, you look at Boris Karloff, who has his own day on Juneteenth, and you say, you know who said that, Paul? Bill frackin' Clinton. That's what you do, dummies. In the meantime, I got to listen to excuses that I don't know if you're a Republican, a Democrat, or just a moron. Needs to roll back these policies that make us that outlier here in the Midwest. I'm sort of curious, do you, your colleagues in the Senate, do you view this as sort of a Chicago problem? Or do you see this as something that is a problem for surrounding communities and perhaps the state as a whole? We see it as the state as a whole, Paul. This is costing us untold hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but what about the Sicario? What about the Sicario in California who brags about killing 150 people? You want to talk about the fentanyl deaths or the kind of year that not Chicago companies or Illinois companies are having, but the Sinaloa cartels. Just be happy we're not Japanese. I know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Did you ever go and buy a pack of Cracker Jack thinking you're going to get a prize and find no prize <laughs> in the box? Here's the pitch. That might not sound important to some people, but when, you, when you're a little kid, especially from humble origin, and they cheat you out of a prize... There's a bouncing ball. Second baseman has the Barbary over the first. It's hard to think in laudatory terms of the product. <laughs> Harry Carey would have been a better Illinois Republican than any of these elected idiots we have. Rich, Indianette Park. Hey, Sean, how was the weekend? I hate the frickin' weekend. I work my ass off, though. I like to work. I keep busy. <laughs> Go ahead. Did you take your... Did you take your... Uh, 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 120 yeah. life along with you. Oh, with the top down on my way to show property and sell property. 120 life cigar in the mouth. Picture of American yeah. success in Southwest Florida. Shoot. All right, good. What I wanted to say is that now's the time for the Republicans to tell uh, Dumb and Dumber, Biden and Schumer, there's no deal unless you close the border. Nothing else to talk about. The only reason that the Democrats want want to make some kind of deal with this border is to get their hands on that uh, $60 billion that's going to Ukraine. Money, 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 money. They just want to steal. It's all about the money. Not one one of them addressed what two Democrat investigative reporters have released that we know Zelensky's administration, Zelensky's upper echelon, has stolen at least $400 That was eight months ago. Can you imagine? They clearly stole a billion. Just... Review the Rolls-Royce Bentley sales in Kiev, this stupid son of dogs. In the meantime, we'll pretend that it's a political party. And one side's the good guy, one guy's the bad guy. They're all in on it. 
the gangster government against us. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. There's a reason that in the tease... It talks about my love and affection for the Declaration of Independence. You notice I don't say the Constitution. The country was born of the concept of the Enlightenment and articulated in the Declaration of Independence. But I want you to understand why I do the show. The show is not for everybody. I tell you right out, if you are a legacy Chicago Democrat voter, I don't want you listening to the show. This show is for the third of Americans that always was patriotic. It's all it took to have this country born. From a totalitarian slave state of a fat-ass king in England. It took a third. One third didn't care. The other third were willing slaves, loyalists to the crown. My next guest is a descendant of one of these founding fathers. In fact, arguably the one that made the first dent, the first knockout punch. You see, his great-grandfather was Colonel James Barrett, commander of the Minutemen of Concord. That's the one who famously, on April 19, 1775, kicked the ass of the Redcoats that were seen as unbeatable. We beat them, and now we're free, which is why I could give a rip if somebody calling himself a king has cancer or not. But we'll discuss that at a later date. In the meantime, let's talk about the re-declaration of independence with Barry Hinckley. Hi, Barry. How are you? Sean, I'm great. Good to be here. Well, I like the idea of what you're doing, although I'm a little apprehensive because I like the original declaration. Tell me a little bit about the re-declaration and how you built upon it. Well, certainly we're not trying to subvert or big time the founding document that really set this whole awesome experiment in motion. However, like a marriage, for example, you know, I think people get to a certain point in their relationship and they've gone through some ups and downs and some tough times, just like our country has. And they look at each other and they say, you know, honey, we're going to double down and we're going to redo our vows. We're going to go the distance. And that's what this is about. This is about doubling down on those founding vows of liberty, the vows that people, sadly, too many people have forgotten in this country, Sean. And this is a wake-up call to remind people of why we are here and why this experiment has made more people from more backgrounds more successful than anything in human history. Well, first of all, I really like that concept. I truly do. However, I'm from Chicago. And I uh, understand what we're up against. And what we really have are irreconcilable differences. So, but anyway, I'll let, you, I'll let you go forward because it really is only a third of us that want the upside and the downside of freedom and liberty. This is something that's forgotten. And we have been subverted from within because we've allowed this cancer of utopian statism to creep in as a political option. So I'm hoping that a lot of what you're re-declaration of independence does is re-establish the principles of our actual republic instead of the utopian corrupt soiree of Karl Marx. Well, certainly, I believe that way too many Americans have gotten fat, dumb, and happy. And they are lazy, and they think that liberty is just something you're born with. 
And Thomas Jefferson and then Reagan reminded us, it is something you have to fight for every single generation or you will lose it. And Washington, D.C. has been hard at work for the past several decades stealing our liberties and our state's rights, which is why I am formerly from Boston, one of the birthplaces of our liberty. And I had to retreat down to Florida to get my my liberty back so I could talk about things like the Redeclaration of Independence, because... It's literally like being behind enemy lines in Boston, Massachusetts right now. It's gotten that bad. We have a lot in common when it comes to anybody who's governed by mafia Democrats posing as a political party. But they're very brilliant in their diabolical plot to overthrow the principles of our nation. And to me, you address in in, in what I saw the most important issue. See, once they destroy the currency and people are cast into poverty, they're susceptible to slavery. And that is why... $34 trillion has been accumulated really over the last 35 years. And this is something that gets lost. It didn't take 247 years. These rats did this to us in the last three and a half decades. And that is how you destroy the quality of life and the benefits of liberty and freedom and the principles. And that's why Chicagoans now are just begging for a handout. Because their equity in their life and their property has been destroyed through political corruption. So how do you, do you start off with that $34 trillion and change and you start off with the financial sabotage of our nation? Well, sadly, the $34 trillion is just the short-term debt. Right. They've been, you know, the mortgage, which should have been paid off by now, they've actually taken... Yeah, I mean, they say it's over $200 mil, uh, trillion. Trillion in, in, yeah. in long-term liabilities. And, and just to put that into perspective for your listeners out there, you know, if you ask, you know, uh, you know, and I'll ask you, Sean, how, if you counted to one trillion, just one trillion, not 34, if you wanted to count to one trillion, how long do you think it would take you? 33,000 years and change. Yeah, you're the only person that's ever answered that properly. <laughs> no one else understands the scope of the problem we're dealing with. And that's the short term. That's the credit card debt. These people, you're absolutely right, over the last four decades have corrupted us. And that's why one of the founding tenets of the Redeclaration of Independence is term limits. Because, you know, long-term career politicians become corrupt and they have looted the joint. Barry, pickpockets don't cut their hands off. And these, these, thieves, <laughs> these thieves are never going to give themselves term limits. The, the reality is they were never supposed to be paid. You know, this is another thing that gets lost in the founding of our country. These rats were never supposed to be paid. In fact, what they've done is build a Caligula for nerds, a utopia for the sexually frustrated deviants. And once they get there, they never leave. They've got an infrastructure of corruption, a leviathan of a bureaucracy, and it needs to be torn asunder. And I think the way to do it is by destroying the duopoly. I want to destroy the Democrat or the, 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 the Republican Party, really. The Democrats like the mafia. They hide in it. They wallow in it. They're like roaches in the dark. So to me, I want to take on the Republican Party. So in your declaration of re-independence, I wonder if you have an independence party in mind. And the way to really break it is to pretend that we are fixing it with these limp-wristed so-called opposition to the mafia we keep sending there. Well, i tell you what I did have in mind is taking control for we the people. Because I do know that they are students in the art of war in Washington, D.C., and they have divided us, and they are conquering us. And only if we are united, and that's why we did this document. And I was at a, uh, a speech, the famous, now famous Wilmington speech of Tucker Carlson last September, and that's what inspired me to write this. And he said, if you get 10% of the population to go along and stand up and be brave, we can end this crap right now. And I'm quoting him. And so 
our goal is to get 25 million Americans, that's 10% of the adult population, here legally, to stand up and sign this document, and now we can start directing these representatives on what to do. Because right now, they've got us all divided up, and they're in charge. Sadly. Well, the funny thing is, if you, if you believe the way you and I do, and I, I'm taking a liberty because I, you know I, I think I know how you believe, but if you believe the way you and I do, and my listeners, we are the true liberal. We are the true progressive. I reject these words of conservatism or Republican. You want to offend me? Call me a conservative Republican. Because I believe in the principles that your great-grandfather killed other people for and was willing to die for. I believe in the principles of the ultimate independence from servitude and slavery and totalitarian governments. So I think you've stumbled onto something with the name independence. Because there's a lot of people who have been deluding themselves, calling themselves Kennedy Democrats and liberal, who have played into the hands of the gangster government. So I think we need to take these words back. And I think it's bigger than just a, a, a re-declaration of independence. It should be an independence party. And I want to expand upon it. So I want to help you, obviously, get those $25 million. Tell me, where do we go? What do we do? And how do we stay uh, in communication with you? Well, it's real simple. First, we go to redeclaration.org. Second, you read it, you sign it, you forward it to 10 friends, and make sure you forward it to your representative or the rep- or the person that is running against your representative, and they sign it. Because this is about a candidate or representative accountability. So they don't come back in two years or six years or whenever their cycle is up and ask for their job back having and running on a platform of trying to fix everything they just broke. That's now, what you can do. I've got a screenshot of a couple of your key bullet points here. And the way that I see it, Term limits is off the table for exactly the reason I said, you know, and I could I could point to your state, but your state is really an infant in corruption when it comes to Chicago. We have 50 year gangsters who pose as aldermen, state representatives, and these scoundrel scumbags never get caught. And when they do, they're all 80 and they never go to court because they're all slip and fall scumbag lawyers. Okay. And if they go to court and they're found guilty, believe me, they'll never get sentenced. That's just the way it goes. So the idea that we can have term limits ain't going to happen, in my opinion. But what I do love is that you want to dismantle a very new bureaucracy that is the true acorn of destruction in our country, and that is the incompetent, corrupt Department of Education. And in Chicago, I think it's the greatest example because I don't think the teachers can read. I know that they don't talk very well. I don't think the teachers can pass any equivalency tests. We're paying $30,000 per pupil, and all they need is a name. You don't have to be a citizen. You don't even have to show up. $30,000 a name per head, and the Chicago Public School Union, which is built up of Marxists and communists and all-around lowlifes, rakes it in, and they continue to rake it in. So this has to stop because this, to me, is the cornerstone of the problem. And I'm wondering, we had Betsy DeVos in there. And that was a, a real quagmire of failure and stupidity. If anybody could have broke it, it was her and Donald Trump. Do you think the next time Trump gets in, if he gets in, I think he won in 20, he got robbed. You think anybody can break this cornerstone of communism called the teachers union and through the Department of Education, which has been the liaison, the vestibule of this corruption? Well, let's call it what it is. It's not the Department of Education anymore because no one's getting educated. All the outcomes are worse. It's really just a government jobs program that they've converted into voters. And there's about 4 million people that are teachers or related to them that vote, and that's the over in the election. 
and they will fight tooth and nail for this organization because it is a government jobs program that you know gets out the vote for the for the left. So it's going to be a big challenge. But I believe that if Trump does win, that he will be a dog with a bone on a lot of these broken institutions because the government needs to be cut, have at least a twenty percent haircut, and that's just to balance the budget. Oh. there's no more money coming out of we the people. We're done. It's well, got to come out of them. It's interesting when people understand, aside from the fact that they fail. And what you see tearing up the streets is the product of the Department of Education in Chicago and Boston and New York and New Jersey and everywhere the Democrats have destroyed the quality of life. But what I don't think people understand is the kind of money we're talking about. It's hundreds of billions of dollars in just a a money laundering scheme of textbooks. And it's through the misallocation of funds that they really buoy up this corruption. It's how Barack Obama sold so many autobiographies. Nobody was going to buy his books outside of Democrats, but yet he became worth tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars through this money laundering scheme. It's how people know Harry Zim's name or, or uh, uh, Howard Zim, the, 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 the socialist who, who uh, really rewrote history to steal the future. And this is something I think gets lost in all of this is just the kind of numbers that they are enriching each other with. And the kickbacks and the, 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 the mafia of the teachers union. You know, the quality of life in Florida only really exists because they haven't been fully infiltrated by the teachers union or municipal unions. And we're only a suggestion away. And that needs to really be taken into account. Do you think that people should be educated on the actual numbers that the, these mafia members are enriching each other with? Well, we certainly need to return. The, I mean, listen, this country is out of design tolerance. The federal government is way too big. Washington, D.C. has become a country unto itself. They have these outposts in New York and, and, and sadly, Chicago and San Francisco. And these are outposts of Washington, D.C. And, 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 and the Department of Education is just another outpost of Washington, D.C., where they infiltrate, sadly, our children with all of their ideologies. And undereducate them. I, you know, do I think it can be tipped over? Well, I, I can tell you one thing: it won't be tipped over if we don't try. Oh, I love that, and I love the idea too. You have a you have a bullet point here that um, you know you want to level the playing field for American producers and workers, and and this is a key tenet in all communism, in all socialism, and all Marxism. This idea, and you see it in in Chicago right now, as the the virtuous needy is the illegal alien, and they use that as the weapon against the guy who's busting his ass on his way to his second job right now. And this is the, the, the scheme of taxation and misappropriation of funds and the redistribution of really not outcomes, but just money in the meantime. Because one thing you can learn if you live in our areas is you can give a bust out any amount of money and he'll be broke soon. So this is something that I think we need to philosophically break the key principle and tenet of all government supremacy. And that's the idea that money needs to be stripped away from the earner to give to the virtuous lowlife. Well, I mean, I grew up in a manufacturing family, and I watched firsthand as our government worked hand-in-hand with foreign governments to outsource our jobs. And we're talking about good-paying jobs when you could buy a house with one income, and you could go to a good school. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. that That was our reality, and it got eroded. And I remember two different U.S. senators called my father, and I'm having dinner with him tonight. He's 89. Two U.S. senators asked him to go set up factories in China where people were making 35 cents a day. He goes, why would I ever do such a thing? Because if you don't, we'll use the unions to make sure you can't make a nickel. Is that what they told him? 
you know, it, you know, they told them all, we're going to set you up with this, with this, with your own town, and you can teach all these people, and you'll be treated like a king. He's like, I don't want to do that. I'm an American. I work here with other Americans and make great things. And our wow. government, you know, while they were doing that, they were also, you know, lowering the boom on us with all kinds of regulations around labor and around um, uh, environmental regulation, none of which were imposed on the people that were making their goods abroad but selling them here. It's a very important tenet of the redeclaration is leveling the playing field. If you want to sell your stuff here, you act like we do here. Tell me about Bullhorn Software. Well, I started that company in 1999. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, I had gotten out of the boat business because your guy, Dan Rostenkowski, actually, uh, uh, enacted a 10% luxury tax on building boats in America. And, of course, it just ended up crushing the business. So I had to find an alternative way to make a living. And I taught myself computers and eventually started this company with two other guys. And it became very large. It's actually the largest staffing and recruiting software company in the world today, about 1,500 employees. Barry, I love the fact that you don't sit on your ass and you continue to try and save this country. And the reality is you come from a long line of family members who built it. I really appreciate you making time, and I really like the fact that you have redeclaration.org. That's the name of the website. He is Barry Hinckley. Please keep me posted any way we can help you, will you? Thanks, Sean. Stay in touch. Thank you, Barry. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. Yeah, but it's going to be weaker. Plus, we're going to be all walking around like that book of Eli. We get nuked, ironically, from nuclear weapons that the Hillary Clinton, the Duchess of Chaffington, sold to the Russians. That would be kind of ironic. Of course, the whole thing's ironic, right? I mean, after all, they're the party of zero emissions, yet they're blowing the hell out of everything, and we can't see anything. See, I remember I was just talking to the kids during the break. Ronald Reagan, when he invaded uh, the Caribbean, Grenada, Granada, whatever. There were film crews there. Seals come up. That's it, film crews in the 80s. When George Bush first launched his film crews there before. But yet here we have nothing. No cameras. What exactly are you morons blowing up? Because one thing's for certain. When you go to Saudi Arabia and kiss their ass, you're probably doing something I don't like. This morning, Secretary Blinken traveling to Saudi Arabia. The U.S. battling on multiple fronts for a ceasefire and hostage release in Gaza and against Iran. It can all stop tomorrow. The weakness, the chaos, the corruption, the fentanyl, the Sicarios. It can all stop tomorrow. Okay, let me ask you finally, Jake. Our new NBC News poll, which we were just discussing, found only 29% approve of President Biden's handling of the war in Gaza, 60% disapprove of his handling of foreign policy overall. Should the president be factoring the public's disapproval into his foreign policy decisions? Now, I want you to think about this. Commander-in-chief, and if we're in war, right, he's got to declare things. But this isn't war. You've declared nothing. In fact, in your three years since you stole the office, the way in which you've strengthened our enemies and weakened us, along with the fact that nobody wants you to do any of what you're doing, means impeachment. This is a republic. This wasn't something that was an emergency. You were reacting to a terrorist threat. This is a policy that you're afraid to tell us what exactly you're doing. You're not showing us anything. 
Well, I can't speak for the American people, but I can speak for the president. And the president every day is working tirelessly uh, to deal with the threats and challenges we face in the Middle East. Do you know anything about this scumbag, Jake Sullivan Squirrel? Do you know about him? He is a CIA operative, Jake Sullivan. It's all he's ever been, a CIA operative. And all they've ever really done is chaos. Here's Professor Sachs. When the CIA was established in 1947, it was established with two different tasks. One was intelligence, in other words, analysis, understanding uh, the world. And the second was covert operations. And basically, the CIA has been a lawless uh, extension of the White House uh, and the Pentagon and uh, the security establishment generally to do what it wants, when it wants. And there have been dozens and dozens by uh, a realist account, 80 or more covert regime change operations by the United States. Now, and do you know what this is? This is a regime change. Joe Biden is not a legitimate president. This is a CIA regime change on our shores. That's what January 6th was. That's what all this nonsense is. In fact, Squirrel, what I'm going to do right now is help you make $500,000. Are you paying attention, Squirrel? And all the listeners, I can help you make $500,000 this afternoon. A whopping $500,000 reward is now being offered for the suspect who planted two pipe bombs near the Republican and Democratic National Committee headquarters the night before the January 6th riots. I can help you, Squirrel. You're going to make 500, you and the listeners can all make $500,000 with just a little bit of investigative reporting. From Kentucky, is recognized for five minutes. I thank the chairman, uh, Director Ray, in light of information provided to us about the FBI's investigation of the January 6th pipe bombs, in an interview with Assistant Director Stephen Duantuano, Chairman Jordan and I sent you a letter a month ago. Some of the information that we found in that interview was that phone data that could have helped to identify the pipe bomber was corrupted, was unusable. Uh, he also wasn't sure who found or how the second bomb was found at the DNC. Do you know how the second bomb was found at the DNC? And, and when do you plan on answering our letter? Well, as to the letter, I, I will uh, work with the department to make sure we can figure out what information we can provide. As you know, this is a very active, ongoing investigation. And, there are and right after the meeting, which he left early, he took the FBI private jet to the Adirondacks to visit his unpleasant-looking wife. Yes, you did, scumbag. Well, in the meantime, there's been an update. We could all cash in on the $500,000 reward. You recently met with Capitol Police. Correct. Today. Today. And what did you learn in that meeting? I learned that uh, backpack guy, January 6th backpack guy, not to be confused with January 5th backpack person, uh, backpack guy was a uh, non-uniform, you know, plain clothes police officer, in, in, you know, in the employ of the Capitol Hill police. There it is. It's a Capitol Hill policeman. Now give me the 500000 you lying CIA, PSYOP, coup d'etat architects. Give it to me. I want the 500000 you lying rat bastards. The, the person who found the pipe bomb, the person who, D'Antuano, who was leading the investigation, say, oh, yeah, the person who found it, it'd be investigation 101 that they would be a suspect initially until ruled out. 
you're saying that person was an undercover, plainclothes Capitol Police officer, and the Capitol Police confirmed that to you today. They confirmed that to me today, yes. Like Serpico. They're all freaking dirty. Every one of them dirty. They generally end in disaster. These are coups or uh, overthrows of the government or uh, destabilization of countries uh, or other kinds of pressures on uh, militaries of other countries uh, and other means to bring down another government. Joe Biden didn't win in an election. He won in a regime change, CIA, FBI, government bureaucrat operation called the Biden administration. Now you got Bidenomics. Do you like it? Are you happy? You thirsty for more? Down of the numbers. The administration boasting about the report, saying this is Bidenomics. The last time the economy created more than 353,000 jobs was a year ago, January 2023. This adds fuel to the fact that the Federal Reserve might not cut rates in March. They have to be careful with these numbers because this marks a yearly rebenching. So these numbers are not going to cut the rates until you're all on welfare, because what they learned from these once great cities that are now ghettos. So once you're on welfare, you become willing slaves. In the meantime, just enjoy the lies by somebody who probably isn't wearing underwear. We have created more than 14 and a half million new jobs, increased wages for tens of millions of Americans. And she lost her panties. Uh, Eric Marengo. Yeah, I just want to know if you watched the interview uh, with Maria Bartiromo. I did. With Trump, uh, I did. He yeah. looked terrible. I think, uh, Trump, Trump only let a little cat out the bag when he said, "I ran, called, and said, hey, 'Hey, we're going to hit you three days from now. Make sure nobody's in the way.' Because I feel like that's what Joe Biden's doing. He's gave I ran three days. Hey, of we're going to hit some spots, but uh, make sure, yeah, make sure you, you know guys are there." Robert, yeah. Robert Malloy, Malloy, and Barack Obama, the regime that signed the Iran uh, nuke deal, they were working with the theocrats dressed like yard gnomes because they're traitors. Not representatives, Democrats. They're traitors. Robert Bloomingdale. Sean, here's the situation. You got a guy like Biden in there. He doesn't know who he is, what he is, where he's at. He, somebody else is doing his thinking for him on all this stuff. That's why he did it again. He did it for me again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 2020 yeah. and now again 2024. Now let's go win the whole thing. Let's and South Carolina whole. got $300 million in free rent. And for free rent, they would put Manson in there. You think they care about Biden? No. All right. Well, I like your optimism. In the meantime, what about my 500,000, Squirrel? Uh, uh, which, so, by the way, it, what does it that makes, mean to you? Well, it, it heightens some of my concerns and, re- and uh, reduces some. Yeah. What about the 500,000? Is there going to be some technicality? Do I have to have an IQ? Am I disqualified if my IQ is over 60 and I could put together your own stories against you? You frauds. Surveillance video shows the criminal cloaked in a gray hoodie and mask, carrying a backpack. Two years later, the perpetrator is still on the loose. But the well, that's because he's retired. He's got one of those uh, CIA or FBI pensions. In fact, it was all for the greater good, which is known by what? The Biden administration? The Biden administration, huh? All right. Well, he does get three billion dollars to Vegas so that Democrats and the electric electricians union and all the Teamsters get to put in the three billion dollar monorail so that degenerate bust outs could go from California to Vegas and lose all their wife's money. In the meantime, we've got nothing but 
Nothing but green pastures ahead, right? How's the foreign policy going? What do you think about that? Foreign policy. Okay, let me ask you finally, Jake. Our new NBC News poll, which we were just discussing, found only 29% approve of President Biden's handling. What did I say about a third, Squirrel? See, third of this country is absolute morons, and they approve of them. You know why? They're not having to pay their rent. In the meantime, Jake Sullivan, in an interview, contradicted himself in what is really considered record time on a Sunday show. And this idea that somehow striking on Friday as opposed to Wednesday as opposed to Thursday makes any strategic difference uh, has no basis in reality. So we think that, yes, there's some armchair quarterbacking going on because it's political season, but we are also very confident in the steps we have taken in response. They So far, they have been well-planned, they have been well-executed, and that will continue to be the case. So he just said, didn't he just say, doesn't matter if you strike? Okay, Is it correct then to read that it wouldn't it didn't change uh, your effectiveness in reaching your targets um, or, uh, you know, what you were trying to do to degrade um, these proxies, uh, cap- military capabilities, being telegraphing it, that is? When you uh, select a military target, uh, timing matters. You just said it didn't matter right in the beginning. Oh. Uh, that's how you know he's a Democrat. CIA op. I'm sure it's going to go great. Right? All the other activities the CIA has done. What, 80 times regime changes? How's that work out? Not too good. We're on the brink. We are in World War III, and they won't admit it. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Monorail. I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the truck could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us bread and slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No, good sir, I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. What's it called? Three billion dollars in the nation's first. You know the difference? The people in The Simpsons are smarter, Squirrel. That's the difference. The Simpsons were smarter. In the meantime, this is all repeated history, repeated repeated profiteering, war profiteering, policy of destruction and mayhem. And you know the benefit, Squirrel, of me being, you know, a little older than you, is that I remember what people learned from the corruption and the fraud of the Democrats in the 60s. It's true. And one of the best guys to ever explain the chaos of war policy profiteering was an ex-Marine. His name is William Earhart. He's a Vietnam veteran. And he used to, this is before the Internet, Squirrel, if you can believe it, before Al Gore and his portly wife invented the Internet. This was a, a documentary that was done, I don't think it was, it was by Mike Wallace, but it might have been. It was, it was one of the few news stations. And his name is William Earhart. And I want you to listen to this, Squirrel. The Vietnamese people hated me, and I gave them every reason to hate me. I beat them. I sometimes killed them. I destroyed their houses. I destroyed their crops. I destroyed their fields. I destroyed their culture. Why in the hell should those people like me? And I could see that I was doing that. And I could see that nothing we were doing was having any impact on the war itself. You know, the funny thing about Vietnam is that I was getting Time magazine every week. It came in the mail. I could read about my war even as I sat in the middle of it. And I would read about what Lyndon Johnson would say and what McNamara would say and what Rusk would say. And I could look around and see that, uh uh-uh, I don't know what war they're talking about, but that's not what's going on here. 
Propaganda is what was going on then, only now it's going on in real time. And it's to cover up the most illegitimate, corrupt administration this country's ever had in any office of any time. FBI hopes the new reward money will finally crack open the case. I spoke to retired FBI agent Tim Gallagher. Are you surprised it's taken this long to figure out who's responsible for these bombs? I'm really not. That $500,000, hopefully that'll incentivize someone to come forward. Allegiances change over time. So maybe... Really? How about just information that changes over time? First of all, he worked for the Capitol Police. You recently met with Capitol Police. Correct. Today. Today. And what did you learn in that meeting? By the way, these are two congressmen, Squirrel. This normally would be news. But instead, we've got propaganda that would make the propaganda of the 60s blush. I learned that uh, backpack guy, January 6th backpack guy, not to be confused with January 5th backpack person, uh, backpack guy was a uh, non-uniform, you know, plainclothes police officer in, you know, in the employ of the Capitol Hill police. The, huh? the person who... You think it's going to go anywhere in this country? Seriously. Look at where we are in 2024. Morons that are elected by morons. We saw admissions, uh, mental health admissions of children uh, that, that were highly disruptive. Their ability to be healthy is what can determine whether they show up to school and how well they do in school. On t- huh? What was that, dummy? More money for nothing. And look at what happened in Connecticut just Friday. We turn now to a major announcement out of Connecticut, where the governor announced a new plan to wipe out medical debt for some residents there. It's the first of its kind thing in the country. ABC's Rena Roy has. Where's the-, the money come from, Squirrel? How do you how do you wipe it out? I mean, doctors work, nurses work, hospitals. How do you wipe it out? Ladies. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont announcing his state will be the first in the country to wipe out medical debt for 250,000 people. I think it's really important that people have a sense that they can start building wealth of their own for making that easier for people to do. And what about all the suckers that paid for their medical needs, paid insurance, paid their doctors? What about all the people that do it the way it's supposed to be done, the way the country's built? Ah, screw them. Best way to start is eliminate the debt you got. Eligible families include those who... Eliminate the debt you got. It's the world of the roach under the Biden regime and any Democrat. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean Dittos. Sean, so it only took three years to find out that a Capitol Police officer (laughs) was the one that probably planted the pipe bomb and found it. Uh, so how long is it going to be until everyday Americans get their justice? I guess, uh, I guess the answer that will probably be never, but we'll, you know. we'll be, we'll be long gone because this country likes the lot. That's why you elected this dimwit in diapers. But you know, uh, I think it's time to finish the job here. Not elected. The Democrats were willing to sit idly by as he stole it. I think it's time for us to... Extensive and inclusive voter fraud. Yeah, you did. That's the how you got there. CIA or something. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. 
And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Every bill... Several hundred, if not thousands of pages long. Why? Because they're riddled in money laundering schemes. The Republicans are no better than the Democrats. They just have better suits. The idea that they need to pass anything shows you just how corrupt they're willing to be. There is no such thing as a Republican tax bill. You don't need to pass another bill. Just abide by the tax laws that are in place under the Trump administration. But that's not where corporate welfare gets dished out. It gets dished out into thousands and thousands of pages of corporatism called Republican tax bills. My next guest knows this all too well. He also knows what exactly is happening in the small business, medium business, large business world of manufacturing in this country. He is E.J. Antoni of the Heritage Foundation. E.J., what's up, kid? Oh, man, Sean, I I am just once again beating my my head against the wall, and I think I've realized why senators make such lousy presidents. It's because they were bad senators first. And this is why they don't want... um, private eyes on the government gangsterism that is Washington, D.C. And what they fear is the eyes of somebody who doesn't want to play along in their money laundering scheme of bills. You know, this is amazing how I remember when omnibus was new. It was a new word. Now it's just the the standard bill. They're all hundreds of pages of kickbacks and money laundering schemes. But I think that a lot of the people who voted uh, so-called conservative are kind of aware of it. And I'm wondering, do you think there's enough that are sick and tired of it, to throw out these rats. Because that's what needs to happen. I want to break the Republican Party. It has to be broken. Well, Sean, I mean, historically, once a political party fulfills its founding objection, it tends to die away. The Republican Party has has been much more of an exception and, and not the rule. Let's not forget the party was created for one purpose and one purpose only, to end slavery and establish civil rights. That is done. The mission is accomplished. It has repeatedly tried to morph into other things in order to stay relevant. And it seems like today they're not doing a very good job at that. They're, they're essentially Democrat light. And they have this compartmentalized scheme, this 50-state compartmentalized fraud scheme, where these state self-described club members, these real, in Illinois, they're, they're sexually frustrated morons. And, they, and, and what they do is they have a, a, a stranglehold on the state, uh, uh, party, for lack of a better, the, the whole thing from soup to nuts, who gets in, who doesn't get in, the rest of it. But when you see them discuss what the principles are, none of them have the gravity to fight for the real principles that business people and citizens want. None of them advocate for flat taxes, or none of them advocate for the idea that we strip away this government supremacy, uh, a redistribution of rights and wealth. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're just chasing our tail with the, the party the way it sits. I think you need to really break it apart. It, it certainly seems that way, Sean. And, and why are they doing things like rejecting, uh, uh, flattening the, the tax code, uh, getting something, if not a flat tax, something closer to a flat tax? Why are they rejecting that? Why are they rejecting simplification of the tax code? Because the more complicated it is, the more it allows them to put in carve-outs for all of the special interests. They don't actually want to raise taxes on people. What they want is to raise taxes generally 
so that the special interests will give them campaign funds to reduce taxes just on them. That's sadly how the system works. We have the history of corruption and failure in the regulation uh, weapons, in the spears that destroy American manufacturing, American private business. They force you and hoist upon you a variety of different regulations, but least of which is not this labor restriction rule where you're if you're allowed to get so big and, and once you get a little bit bigger, you have to deal with the labor extortion mafia called the unions. So a lot of a lot of uh, states and a lot of manufacturers have been able to navigate these waters. Yet you have states like my old one in Illinois that massively increases the corporate tax under under a new rule that kicked in at the first of the year at nine and a half percent. Uh, corporate flat corporate tax on top of all the other stuff and you're chasing out manufacturing from what once was a manufacturing you know hub in illinois and yet they refuse to learn i mean are they going to are we going to be forced to turn it into venezuela before people wake up well probably not just because chicago can't print its own money the way venezuela can so you know we we have that going for us i suppose at least but, I mean, look, you know, speaking of Chicago, that used to be called the capital of the Midwest. One of America's great shining cities ha- has been reduced to, to essentially a, a crime-ridden hellhole. Uh, that may sound dramatic. That may sound over the top. But talk to Chicago residents who no, have I'm, to deal with They're listening to you. Who have, yeah. Right, who have seen the, the magnificent, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the strip downtown, uh, you know, who have seen the loop and everything deteriorate so terribly. I mean, it's absolutely appalling. And one of the things that uh, a friend of mine, another economist, Art Laffer, we've done a lot of research on, on what happens when you impose an income tax. And it doesn't matter if you impose it on people or if you impose it on corporations. You see a tremendous decline in growth and employment in those states. I love Art Laffer. Tell him, you can tell him I said that in the most heterosexual way. But the one thing that Art Laffer brought was fresh eyes. He brought fresh eyes and a principled understanding. As I see these fools who are congressmen and 90% of the senators who call themselves Republicans, one thing is they, they don't operate in the real world. So they kick in with the corporatism and they kick out these massive bills, but they never remove the spears of tyranny called regulation. So in this, you recently uh, uh, discussed the regulation and the stranglehold on American manufacturing. This is what started the whole thing with uh, importing products from other countries uh, of different origins. All, the main ones that lasted were all communists because they have slaves. But uh, do, do you think Americans are aware of just how many manufacturing hurdles, obstacles, and regulations are in the way of American manufacturers? No, people have absolutely... No idea. Everyone thinks that, oh, you know, American manufacturers can't compete because labor is so cheap in places like China. That has almost nothing to do with it. The American right. worker has such an advantage in terms of the amount of capital at his fingertips that he, he can basically outcompete almost any other worker in the world. The problem is we have all of these regulatory costs, which add thousands upon thousands of dollars per worker to American manufacturers. In other words, you have to look at it in terms of the manufacturer is not only paying the worker's salary, he's effectively paying the uh, the cost of these regulations as well. So what does the American manufacturer do? He fires all his American employees. He moves his factory to another country. It doesn't have to be China. It could be Mexico right next door to us. He moves his factory to another country where they don't have all these regulations. 
and he's able to make the same product for less and deliver it to to the American marketplace at a competitive price. And what people don't understand, I you know I'm for some regulation. I truly am. I don't want to turn my country into some third world hellhole where they're digging 50 miles for a, for an ounce of cobalt and kids are dying so they could pretend to be green. But this isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about regulations that are more in the arena of finance and more in the arena of employment. This is where the American communist really holds a, a, a stranglehold. And instead of taking away any of this, it seems to me that, that the Republican elected official just wants to subsidize complacency. I mean, that's what these bills that have been kicked out by the establishment Republicans have produced for the last 30 years, isn't it? A hundred percent. You know, I, I forget who it was who said that uh, Republicans are just Democrats going the speed limit. And, and in a lot of ways, I think that's true. Because what, what do we see under these, these more liberal regimes? You essentially have regulation and taxation moving at a very fast pace and causing a lot of harm to American manufacturers, but Americans generally. And then what do the Republicans tend to do when they get into power? Maybe you get a decrease in marginal tax rates, but on the regulation front, they don't do anything. What they should be doing is repealing all the onerous regulations that have been put in place. Instead, they just let all the bad stuff stay on the books. You know, one of the arenas um, that I deal with a lot, because I'm still in the real estate business in South Florida, right? And one of the amazing regulations that passed, and it had some attention, but I don't think people understood the kind of damage it would do, was the, the, the regulation on new air conditioning units. It is unbelievable the destruction, the costs, and the consequences of the way in which American air conditioning companies, which ironically is who brought you air conditioning, Air conditioning was not invented in Taiwan. It was created because of American ingenuity. We perfected it, and we mastered the climate and made it so that we could expand the quality of life. And yet our government has massively changed, restricted, and quadrupled the cost of a very affordable convenience. So is there any real data, other than my experience here in South Florida, as to just the massive amounts of costs on property owners, on landlords, and not only that, the amount of people it's put out of work because you, in essence, eliminated air conditioning repair. If an air conditioner has a leak here, they can't even fix it anymore. You have to rip out the system and put a brand new one in. And by the way, the new one sucks compared to the old one. Is this something that maybe if we pick at it, because most Americans are too stupid to know how luxurious our life is, they take it for granted, or maybe when they turn off the air conditioner in Nevada, they could pull their head out of their ass and pay attention. What do you think? You know, Sean, there have been several studies done on exactly this issue. And what they empirically showed was that the increased cost to the economy, mostly paid by you know, directly by consumers, but some of it's also paid by, as you were pointing out, the manufacturer who has to lay off people. So obviously the person who no longer has a job is bearing some cost. But if you just look at the cost to consumers – that far exceeds by an order of magnitude the cost that it would have taken to simply have the same uh, quote-unquote impact on the environment if you just had better equipment that could more easily capture uh, some of those more volatile refrigerants that were used in the old air conditioning system. In other words, government, instead of uh, applying a very simple fix which could have done everything that they wanted this new regulation to do, 
instead once again imposed a complicated, onerous rule that had cost more than 10 times the better alternative. You know, what's fascinating to me is um, the inability for elected officials to have this conversation. They're cowardice that they refuse to even touch upon it. And what they do is they lie. And they tell us that they're going to put together a bill that's going to somehow save us money. And what they're doing is, 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 is acting as a crossing guard of this kind of government takeover and backdoor nationalization of our quality of life. And I'm wondering, are you optimistic? You talk to these guys. Is there one or two people that you think can change something? Because the reality is, with this Speaker of the House, I am absolutely and totally more than disgusted. He is a bald-faced fraud to me. And I don't want to hear his name or his voice again. But the reality is people are afraid to say, get him out of there because they don't want to look chaotic. When the reality is they're standing for nothing and you're going to do to our country what the Illinois feckless moron Republicans did to my state. Do you see it any other way? Sean, I, I just can't figure out why he hasn't gotten McCarthy treatment yet. You know, he, he has done, I, I would say, just as many things wrong as McCarthy did. And McCarthy got the boot. So why is the caucus not kicking him out of the speaker role as well? I, I just don't understand it, quite frankly. And then, and then you have guys like this Chairman Smith who's, who rammed through this ridiculous welfare bill. It's not a tax bill. It's a welfare bill. More than nine out of every $10 that are supposedly going to tax relief for working middle class families are actually going to expand welfare for people who are working little, if any, at all. And so when you have, frankly, who needs enemies when you have friends like that? Well, it's the quiet coup. And this, you know, this was my biggest argument years and years ago with Obamacare. Obamacare took a tremendous amount of people who would have never voted for any kind of welfare or anything, and it subsidized them. And that's the slow turn up of the, of the, of the fascist water that boils you into communism. And now there are so many Republicans that are recipients of this Obamacare welfare that they stopped complaining about it. They stopped running against it. And this is how I see the bastardization of all business. But manufacturing is a big piece. It had a, it had a bright spot and a comeback. But the guy who did that had non-political fresh eyes and wanted to solve the problem. He, he'll never be back in. There, there, I, don't, I don't come on here and tell my people, oh, he's going to win and we're going to get in there. In my opinion, this is a very successful uh, government supremacist coup d'etat. And I'm just hoping that the republic and the principles of it in the House and the Senate can, can maybe stop giving away powers. But when I read these bills, what they're really doing is ceding the power of Congress and ceding the power of the Senate to the presidency so they can raise money from the people this next election season will get them. And I, I only know of a handful of politicians who ever made their money in the private sector. Are there enough with the ones you deal with who understand the principle of private property rights to fight for it back? Not right now, there's not. Uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important uh, that we get more people in there this year who, who actually understand things, like you said, like property rights, like free market capitalism, not corporatism, who, who understand what kind of effects do these taxes and these regulations actually have on the working man. And to do that, I think you actually need to get working men in there. You need to have people like Trump who are not the, the lifetime politicians. Now, before we end this, there's something that's been amazing to me as I watch it almost on a daily basis when I watch any kind of economy show.
And that is that we have these these uh, these internet companies, uh, Silicon Valley oligarchs, and these these new these new leviathans in our own economy that are trading at 30 times earnings that are not profitable, but yet they're still very bullish. I heard a guy come on and say, I'm a super bull on anything that has to do with the Internet and on anything that has to do with AI. And what it reminded me of is the crash of 2000, when the same argument was posed and they said, look, these companies aren't making any money, and we had arguably one of the greatest crashes in the tech sector. And it was subsidized and we bailed them out. Is that just the play now, EJ? Is it just the play to, to, to never have a bust again because we can always have a massive boom in, in, in fraud in the financial sector and just bail everybody out and pretend 30 times earnings is normal? Well, e- even with the subsidies and the bailouts and everything else that followed 2000, I mean, how many years did it take for the NASDAQ to recover you know, to its previous high? Uh, but I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I do think we are headed to a point where every loss is going to be covered uh, by a bailout. And actually, really interestingly, Sean, go back to, uh, what was it, like 20, 2010 or 2012? Jerome Powell actually in an FOMC meeting, there's a transcript where he talked about how these artificially low interest rates that we have created are, are causing excessive risk-taking and the expectation that we are going to be there to bail out losses. My, how things changed once he became Fed chair. Do you see the mind? Squirrel, are you listening to the mind? He picked out an obscure conversation from 2012. There's nobody that could do that outside of EJ Antoni, which is why I'm going to take a gamble that you agree with me. And what he's saying and what the propagandists in media are telling us is all a fracking lie, and they cannot afford to cut their own hands off like any pickpocket. And he's not going to lower the rate three times this year, is he? It went from five to three in a week. The reality is he's in a pickle jar, and he don't know how to get out, right? <laughs> well, it's, your analogy, I think, is certainly right. He doesn't know how to get out of this. Yeah. In the meantime, I know if uh, anybody knows how to get out, it'll come from Heritage and E.J. Antoni. As always, thank you, brother, for making yourself available right. to me. Thank you for having me, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, man, when this song was made, my next caller could see his feet. Is this Frampton? Who is it? The who? The World Health Organization? No, the other? Who? All right, good. All right, Squirrel, you decide. I'm going to take Cream Puff, Jim. But you decide. Do we go with the uh, the the fraud who uh, walking punchline, Mayor Dalton? It's a good one. She's got a million-dollar giveaway. We'll get an update on that. Or do we go with the another reverend of the Church of Perpetual Tax Evasion, Al Sharpton, who's even funnier-looking, skinny? Which one do you want to go with? In the meantime, I'll take Cream Puff, Jim. Yeah, uh, hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. Uh, you ever go know, to a Who concert? It, when you could fit it, a return it, style? Could you, did you ever go? In, in, in Canada. I went to one in Canada. And speaking of Canada, oh. they're, smuggling, I mean, they're smuggling in from Canada for about six grand a piece. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm saying that they have to be the Canadian Timberwolves doing that because it used to be the Mexican Coyotes when I go to Mexico. Oh, I see what you're of, doing. Couple of, a, couple of, a couple of my buddies wanted to come into the Chicago. I said, well, we got to, I said, just 
get some phony ADs. I said, for Christ's sake, I can get you those. No, no. We got to get a coyote. Jeez, we got to get a coyote? Get a timberwolf. I like what you're doing. You get a timberwolf. Now we got the timberwolves. Did you see how many people uh, uh, Canada's killing with the assisted suicide? It's phenomenal. Do you see? They're wiping out generations of people. But look at the way they killed that guy down in, uh, you know, instead of uh, giving the message. Oh, I love it. I knew that, but I knew that needle was going to be excruciating. Yeah. I had a friend that. I had a friend, I had a friend we were discussing that, you know, the needle, you give somebody a needle to pump them up. Yeah. I said, you know, they could be excruciating. If they don't get it all simultaneously at the same time. Did you see what his crime was? Be, what, what did he do? Did he bring his library books back? He was a hitman. He was a hitman. And he killed a guy's wife that he didn't know. A guy tried to have his wife killed. So instead of the guy he tried to hire, this guy hired him because he said he successfully killed I don't know how many people. So they hire him, and he shoots the girl like 16 times in the face. I mean, it was ter- horrific what he did. And then all of a sudden, all the women came out and said, you can't kill him. It'll be painful. That's what I love about you Democrats. I do. You reveal yourself outside of your waistline, which, by the way, good luck fitting through a turnstile. You're going to need a jar of Vaseline and two midgets pushing you through. Thank you very much. Uh, Matt, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Matt? Sean. How are I you, a family. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Go ahead. I'm doing well, thanks. I, uh, <clears throat> got a family member, uh, my wife's family member, who's married to a Secret Service agent. We were together a couple weeks ago. We were talking about fraud and the CIA and all this. Any agency is dirty, let's face it. But, uh, anyways, this, uh, we'll call the Secret Service agent Joe. Joe goes to Washington, D.C. about a month ago for a retirement party for an agent that uh, Joe went through the academy with. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe's former partner was uh, Obama's detail. So yeah. Joe asks the old partner, hey, what happened with the chef, Obama's chef? By the way, this would be yeah, hearsay, looked, uh, inadmissible in a court of law. But go ahead. Inadmissible in a court of law. So the story goes that... Uh, he looks at Joe, and he says, come on, you know, he drowned. Joe says, come on, you know the truth. He goes, what do you want me to tell you? He drowned, don't you know it? Yeah. Yeah, so. He drowned, and Epstein eventually. committed suicide, and Bill Clinton did not have sex with that woman. How much stuff you want to believe? In the meantime, well, the other- here's what I don't understand, and you could ask him this for me, and I'm serious. These guys, the Secret Service in particular, they are with these crooks when they're in Europe, when they're across. They know. The scandal. You know, Joe Biden was a legendary low-life scumbag. Him and uh, uh, Dodd, uh, uh, Chris Dodd, legendary Washington yep. scumbags assaulting, you know, the hookers, the whole nine yards. And all of a sudden, the Secret Service guys, they, they know nothing? Is that the secret in Secret Service? Or aren't they supposed to swear allegiance to us, the people, and represent our, our, our Constitution rather than protecting and insulating the crooked rats? You know, this is the problem I have with the Secret Service. They're, they sit there the whole time. When, when, when uh, Bill Clinton was in the plane with uh, Jarrett, what's her name? The, the, the girl that looked like Gregory Hines, I can't remember her name. When, when they're in the plane, they're cutting the deal. When they cut the deal with Ferret Face Garland, all Secret Service guys are in the room. They're in the car, the right. cohorts, and they do nothing. Tell them I hope he enjoys his retirement. I hope he's vaccinated. Thank you very much, man. See what I did there with the vaccine? Because it doesn't work and you die young. young. All right. Art, Arlington Heights. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I wanted to give you my opinion about capital punishment. I think when a murderer kills somebody, he should be executed using the same method he dispatched his victim. Oh, Old Testament guy. All right. Fair enough with me. In the meantime, uh, what do we
we got here? All right, let's go. What do you want? to go local? You want to go Illinois? It's kind of funny. New complaints tonight about Dalton's mayor with village trustees raising questions about her security detail. It comes in the wake of a wild shootout Wednesday morning. WGN's Julian Cruz is at the Village Hall with more. Good evening. Henyard's extravagant spending at five-star hotels and first-class travel on expensive out-of-state trips. See, this is the problem with expense accounts. Because this girl right here, this is a one-star girl. It's not a five-star girl. She's the one that runs to the pool with her bathing suit half on. One-star people. First uncovered by WGN Investigates, the new scrutiny as the controversial South Suburban mayor announces a $1 million giveaway on Facebook. See, she knows how to cover the action. You just get the people distract. Who wants a million dollars? Don't arrest me. One million dollar giveaway. Do you know anything about that? I'm not sure of anything like that. Dalton resident Andrea Smith and others we talked to puzzled by this Facebook post with a smiling Tiffany Henyard, the mayor of Dalton. And now, for- Squirrel, that reverend that shows up after the kids are killed all the time. He's always showing up. And Isn't he a trustee in Dalton? What's his name? You know that guy's name? Yeah, let's think of his name. Township supervisor touting a $1 million giveaway. And it's a shame that you do get dragged um, in the media um, for things people just say, hearsay. Dalton's mayor since 2021 appearing on Facebook, but not very visible at the Village Hall for much of the afternoon. Calls for comment to her office and the village administrator failing to shed light on the nature of the million-dollar giveaway. It's just a sad day that we had to witness this. As village trustees raise concerns about crime in the south suburban community of about 20,000. I will hope that we get more police that's actually on the street. Board trustee Kiana Belcher earlier this week deeply concerned about a dangerous shootout Wednesday morning on Sibley and Minerva sent at least four to the hospital, Belcher and other board members concerned about police manpower. It happens everywhere, but we're just hoping that more police... Now, the whole time, Andrew Holmes, who is a reverend, who's at every shooting, and it seems like he's fighting for and advocating for the victim and all the rest of it. He's a reverend, sits on the trustee. He's a loyalist to this policy whore who's stolen from the people on a repeated with the expenses and the misappropriation. He sits there and he does nothing. It reminds me of another reverend, another scoundrel reverend. This one is getting a lot of credibility here. Any group other than Jews, there would be an explosion. And the, uh, your other point. Let me ask, Rev, what, what would happen if, I'm sorry to interrupt, no. you just have to ask. Rev, <laughs> you are the, the premier civil rights leader uh, in the United States. Premier civil rights leader in the United States. Well, it was just yesterday. You were fat and trying to put together a Coke deal, you lying scumbag. The, the smoking gun website is reporting that the Reverend Al Sharpton, a.k.a. President Obama's number one cheerleader, that he worked as an FBI informant spying on New York mob figures back in the 1980s. Now, the report, which was featured on the cover of today's New York Post, said Sharpton secretly recorded conversations that he had with the mob. Earlier today, he responded to those allegations during a press conference. Take a look. I was not and am not a rat because I wasn't with the rats. I was never told I was an informant with By the way, that's very important. The FBI tried to use a cover story after Barack Obama got involved and other notable Democrats. They tried to say he was an informant, but he himself says I was not an informant. And if you watch, which, by the way, it's very hard to find, the FBI tape of Al Sharpton trying to cut a mega kilo cocaine deal. 
Um, so in my uh, in in my own mind, I was not an informant. I was cooperating with investigations. Now tonight we cooperating with investigations. You know why? Square. See, he tells on himself, the stupid son of a dog, because they were going to arrest him for being a drug dealer. Also have gotten our hands on an HBO sports video of an undercover FBI agent acting as a drug trafficker negotiating a cocaine deal with none other than Al Sharpton himself. Take a look at this. I can get it. But I gotta get what you just heard that's the reverend of perpetual tax evasion l sharpton agreeing to bring in 10 kilos a week so he makes 3500 times 10 35,000 if there's a cps student out there yeah i know you don't know how to do math there he is the reverend but that's not how he's introduced that's not how he's introduced by an ex-republican congressman any group other than jews there would be an explosion and the other, your other Let point. me ask, Rev, what, what would happen if, I'm sorry to interrupt, no. but you just have to ask. Rev, <laughs> you are the, the premier civil rights leader uh, in the United States. What? No, you're not. You're a low-life drug-dealing wannabe. You're a scumbag who's been at the root of numerous controversies, anti-Semitic controversies. My name is Tawana Brawley. All right. I'm not allowed. Well, this is against the police, but still, he also was perpetrated a rally on a uh, dress maker and seller in New York. And I'm not crazy. It was 1987. Tawana Brawley was a 15-year-old who claimed she was raped by six white men in law enforcement. And Al Sharpton took up her cause. But there was no forensic evidence of any sexual attack. And there was evidence Tawana made up the whole story. The case, labeled a hoax, was dismissed, and Sharpton was forced to pay $65,000 to those he had named. But in all this time, he has never voiced any regret. You have gone back and looked at things with such a clear eye. You've apologized, you've asked for forgiveness, except on Tawana Brawley. I don't get it. I'll be honest with you. I have thought of... By the way, that's when a liar is going to lie to you. When they say that, especially a phony reverend one about that a million times. I just don't believe they treated that case. fair. If I knew that I had in any way contributed to falsely accusing someone, I think I would feel an obligation to say I'm sorry. I well, that's because you're just half a scumbag. He's a full one. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I found this fascinating today. You see, that's why, just wait a couple of decades, everything changes. I remember the 80s and 90s when Al Sharpton was a walking punchline fraud. I couldn't believe he circumvented the fact that he's on an FBI tape 
agreeing to import 10 kilos a week. He skates. Now he's a renowned civil rights leader. What would happen? What would happen on Harvard, at Harvard, if a group, let's say a group of a thousand white students called for the genocide of all black Americans? I would let you know what time the buses were leaving for my march on Harvard. I mean, there would be no way we wouldn't react. And, and we don't. Well, how come the whites didn't react when you tried to convict six white cops wrongfully of a lunatic liar that her story was not just promoted, but endorsed by you? You right. I think the operative word is if you knew that. I don't know that. If they didn't do but it, if, but, but suppose talking, they but you're did. Taking the, suppose they did. But they didn't. Everybody knew they didn't, and everybody knows what you are—a fraud. How did your tax libel go away? Would you owe three million or four? Barack got rid of that for you, huh? Scumbag. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Hey, Sean. How are you? Let me go. Uh, I want to call um, about John Kern when you were talking about him. Yeah. All right, just a couple stats. He's only one of 19 GOP senators in Illinois. He's, uh, I think he represents most of Darien. From 2008 to 2017, he was on the DuPage board oh. uh, before he became a state senator in 2000. He did a fine, up, fine job in DuPage. In fact, it's been nothing but on an upswing since what was the year he was on there? So uh, DuPage, it was 2008 to 2007. Oh, great years. You did great. Yeah. Let's give him a promotion. Yeah. Exactly. So that's when things started to go downhill. Anyhow, if you look at what uh, committee assignments he has, executive, judiciary, uh-huh. special issues, candidates. So the, the point I wanted to call is he's going to do what his constituents, there's a quote by Milt Friedman, I can't think of it exactly. It's, you can't make bad politicians make good decisions. you got to create an environment for bad politicians to make good decisions. Yeah, well, Milton and I disagreed on a lot of things. After all, Milton was the architect of why they take your taxes out of your check, which was supposed to be an emergency after World War II. So I'm not uh, willing to say Milton was phenomenal. As far as school choice and that type of thing, he's all about that. But here's the thing. If you call uh, Curran at his uh, Springfield's office, it's 217-782-9407. Tell him to listen to Sean Thompson and and, and to get your, uh, your head out of somewhere. And his, uh, his office is in Darien. It's 630-914-5733. Nice. People start putting pressure on these politicians. That's when they're going to start the behavior. He's See, we don't need no 411. We got Kevin from Austin, Texas. And he's, and he's in office until 2027. Brother, so he hasn't, he's, in, he's in office until he leaves for brunch, and he doesn't really go to the office. This is the other thing. These are fracking ghost jobs where these idiots all go around, they go to the same restaurants that Mike Madigan went to, and they pucker up and kiss his ass, please. He makes, he makes eighty five grand a year and 157 yeah. a day for a per deal. Really? Yeah, that's how you pressure Did you ever yeah. – I wonder what his net worth is or his holdings. I wonder. Well, he's an Oakbrook. He's an attorney out of Oakbrook right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So he's he, yeah, he actually was a, he a practicing attorney? Well, he is now, but he was a Cook County State's attorney for over a decade. All right. As long as he doesn't have a net worth like Merrick Garland, then we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I can still say he sucks at interviews, can I? He I does. can still say he, does. he doesn't have a fact that he should have really built that interview upon, at least of which is the way in which the question was phrased as illegal aliens are taking the money away from legacy taxpayers. And he doesn't want to put up an argument. And he wants to blame J.B. Pritzker instead of the Republican, seven-foot-of-stupid Bruce Rauner? Yeah. 
it shows that he's so out of touch with who his voters are. Yeah. You know what it shows? It shows he's an Illinois Republican, and he's got a bright future in Illinois, where the Republicans are, are no better than the Democrats. Thank you very much. Mary Kay, you got about 35 seconds. Yeah, tell uh, Kevin's an old neighbor of mine. He's a good guy. You give him a lot of crap. Hey, anyway, he's a nice guy. But, but it's okay. That's your job. Um, that Al Sharpton, do you think he's got like a long pinky nail, you know? And I think Al Sharpton is one of the few human of beings. He's one of the few human beings who look better short and fat. Thank you very much. We'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.